are so excited we being Tyler and I we are here for journey doses episode probably 15 I think it's gonna be <laughs> I had to I, I had to think about that it's gonna skip ahead so probably 15. Um, we have one of our most favorite human beings I think I say that every time and I mean it every time but this is another favorite human being Shauna Hart she is another fellow tribe member and she lives on the other side of the country. So we hardly ever get to see her, which is very sad. Um, but Shauna is uh, a health and lifestyle transformational coach. She's an owner of a gym called EarthFit, And she is a truth speaker. And um, I wanted to say a little bit about how you and I specifically met, but I'll let you say hi and maybe you could share that story. Okay. Hello. I'm super excited to be here with what I consider to be two of my most favorite people as well. And um, just so glad that you guys are doing this. I dove into a lot of your podcasts. So I think it brings a lot of perspective to the world and I'm just happy to be a part of it and share that with you. Um, yeah, to go off what Ashley said, I own EarthFit New Fairfield in New Fairfield, in New Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, I've been doing that nine years. I resigned from teaching to open the studio. It's based off of a model that my brother created and it's been wildly successful. Um, and I'm still doing it despite how the world has treated me, which maybe we'll dive into how it's transitioned and that sort of thing. But um, I love what I do. I get to help people change their lives, lose weight, help them get off medicine, get happy, sleep better, um, you know, you name it, just overall, all encompassing feeling good. And, um, you know, there's a maybe we'll get into a background to how I got into that, which I think is really interesting. But um, I'm just, I'm excited to share whatever anybody takes from whatever they hear from, from this podcast and be with you guys. Absolutely. Would you like to share like how you started to get into the world of health and wellness in general, going into, you know, owning a gym and having a business? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's for me anyway, a pretty interesting story. We'll, we'll, brother... we'll be the judge of that. One to 10. <laughs> so yeah keep that in mind at the end so I I was a teacher my I was a single mom so I wanted to choose something where I could be home with my son and have holidays off and that sort of thing and summers um and so I went into teaching I was a history major for my bachelor's and then I went to get my master's in education um so I was going to be teaching social studies and then I taught myself Spanish and no French. So I taught Spanish and French at the middle school level for many years, but I quickly knew that that was not something I wanted to do. There was a ne very negative vibe uh, at the school and not to bash. I have a lot of teacher friends, but you know, meetings and the bureaucracy and I wasn't teaching and I wasn't teaching in a manner that I wanted to teach. And I was really passionate, especially about teaching languages. And I just, they weren't learning in a way that I knew they could. So I was already frustrated with the system. And then my brother 
who had been in fitness most of his life, um, went down to South Carolina, started doing one-on-one training, realized there was something missing and he created this amazing system. And I, um, in the meantime, what I'll share too, is that my brother and I both suffered from Lyme's disease, him worse than myself. So he started exploring while he was in the fitness world, natural healing methods. And um, he started seeing really good results and he was really, really sick. So when he started doing those things, um, when we watched him kind of come out of a health crisis, I was also experiencing my own, which I've learned along the way had to do with a lot of other things, which maybe we'll get into, but um, I was like, I, I need something because I was very fatigued and tired and uh, just not feeling good, had anxiety all the time. A lot of weird things were happening. My lips, one, one summer, my lips swelled, like, like it looked like I got Botox times 20 in my lips and they kept treating me for the wrong thing. And I was in the doctor's office crying. I went to multiple doctors and I, I was getting no help. I would literally just be crying, like somebody help me. So I decided to do the methods that my brother had done. And within a very short period, I was healing and um, feeling great and amazing in a way that I had it in many, many years. And I, I don't know if in the West Coast, it's the same thing, but in Connecticut, because that's where Lyme started, it's very prevalent. And unfortunately, they still don't know a lot about it. So I worked with a guy overseas um, who had to like keep kind of hiding and running because he could heal people from Lyme disease using a bunch of different methods. Um, one of them in, called the Klinghard method and then all of his other stuff. So in the meantime, being frustrated with the school system and knowing I didn't want to do that, being sick and then starting healing, um, my brother was like, I would love to expand EarthFit. So I wanted to bring one to New Fairfield. And so it all kind of like came together. I was healing, I was learning holistic uh, healing methods. And then I found Czech Lifestyle, uh, Holistic Lifestyle Coaching One. And then from there, my life was changed. And I besides taking the EarthFit model that I learned from my brother, I was able to enhance that with my holistic lifestyle uh, methods, which is I have now level one, two, and three. And, um, and then as you guys know, cause we met at Journeys of Wisdom, you know, the, the mental emotional state of people and working with them there. Um, so that's kind of my story. EarthFit has been open. We just celebrated eight years in New Fairfield, uh, a little bit different this year because I had to close my studio up last year, but um, I'm really proud to be able to offer my small town, it's 16,000 people about, um, a, an alternative method for getting better, getting well, um, being healthy, and knowing that there's there's other ways to do it than what is seen in Western medicine, which for me and many other people does not work. Mm. Sick what would you say like in with earth, if you were to elaborate a little bit more for people, what is the biggest difference? Cause you know, you may look at that, uh, the, the business, the location at one point in time and say like, Oh, it's a gym, you know, that mm. people work out there. And so, but you're saying you're offering a different perspective and or a different way or a different model. And so could you highlight a little bit more about what that is, how that stands out? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. What I'll say real quick too, is I was doing while I was teaching Zumba and other fitness things, and I had a pretty big following and I've lived in New Fairfield my whole life and like to think I have a good reputation, maybe not some, but um, <laughs> I had a pretty, pretty big following. And so I already had that coming in and my brother, I knew I wanted to be in fitness and, and health and wellness, 
my brother kept saying, Oh, you should come down and see, you know, earth Fit gym, earth Fit gym. And I'm like, I get it, dude. Like it's a gym, you know? And I remember kind of going like, all right, we've got a gym in town. Like, and I went down to visit him one weekend and I went in and I did the training and I'm like, literally, this is how earth Fit started besides all my frustration and, you know, overcoming illness. I was like, I want this in my town. And it became like selfish. Like I was like, I want to go to this, you know, three, four times a week. So, and then I knew if, if I wanted to, that there was a need for it. So that's when I started talking with my brother. Um, and my only regret in leaving teaching is I was also running a summer camp and I never had a summer off because the first summer of not running the summer camp, I went down to train with Ian, which was like 60, 70 hours a week. But so my brother, uh, to build up what EarthFit is, created a, a unique system of training. It's 35 minutes. It's effective. It's efficient. It offers functional movement patterns. You can train multiple people in one setting at all different levels. So you can have people coming in that are, I mean, I trained all the way up to, I think my oldest is 79. And right now I'm working with an 11 year old. So, and we can have them potentially in the same room and scaling them up or down based on their level. And so you have this kind of, not to give too much information because it is a licensed program, but you have what your base um, functional movement patterns are for the day, but everybody might be doing something very different. And you're, we're telling them no one's allowed to touch weights without us. We tell them what movements to do, what weights to do. They get about 27 to 30 minutes of training. And then they finish with a nice parasympathetic stretch and it's done, done in over 35 minutes. So for like people that one of the biggest things we hear for people is like our CEO types and people that have big families, moms that are always taking care of everybody else is they love that they can come in and not have to think like they don't, you know, when people go to the gym, they're like, Oh, what? I don't know what to do. And they're looking for instruction. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for somebody to help them. And they come in and they don't have to think. So that's one of the biggest things we hear that and that people start sleeping better right off the bat because it does uh, help the system in a way that the body, you know, has to put out a lot of energy. And so then you have to sleep at night. My mom actually struggled with sleep for a very long time and she always did fitness, but once she started EarthFit, she was sleeping a lot better right off the bat. So um, yeah, it's, it's a unique method. And what I'll say too, is that I can have, when I talk to people, when they're getting ready to join EarthFit, they're like, I don't get it. I'm like, listen, I could answer 200 questions of yours, literally, like <laughs> any question you have, but you will not understand it until you're in that room. And I've had people like the first day, like, oh, wow. Okay. I get it now. Meanwhile, I'd answered so many questions for them. So it's, you know, high paced, it's high energy. There's a, a, a lot a big culture and family. We call it the EarthFit family. So once you come in, we're positive. We actually only really accept positivity. You know, if, if people come in with kind of a negative vibe or attitude, that might be a conversation that I'd have. And if they continue that, then sometimes we'll actually have to say, I don't know if this is the right fit for you, because as we know, one negative energy can bring down an entire room. So um, it's overall encompassing probably the best system. And in, in all my travels over the past few years, which hopefully I'll get to do again, whenever I would go away, I would do market research and go to places and just, you know, just to see like no judgment of like, but like, this really is the best system that I have been in. And, and I know it sounds like, because it's my studio that that's why, but mm -hmm. I, I love it. I get into at least three trainings a week. 
Well, I have to say the 35 minute thing definitely piques my interest. And I know I got a chance to do it with you one time. And I know Tyler's a a personal trainer and he's always trying to get me to go to the gym and I don't go. But if I were, I would love to do it for 35 (laughs) minutes, then get the hell out. Um, But to that note, because of the state of the world, you've actually started doing virtual. Are you still offering virtual? So if you don't live in Connecticut, they could do it. Yeah, I have. um, I think it's right now 16 to 17 training times. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 530, 615, 7, 839, 15, and then two evening on Monday and Wednesday training time. So I train somebody in California, New Orleans, you know, when people have gone away, they North Carolina, New Hampshire, anybody can join in. Um, it just requires a phone call with me. We go over goals. We, I do a small assessment over the phone. I do, if I haven't worked with that person, try and do a fitness assessment virtually just to see what I'm working with because my main goal is to not continue to create faulty movement patterns and make sure that they're building proper movement patterns so that they don't get injured. So, um, and then I'm, I'm saying that as we're doing the training. So yeah, I, I, my goal right now is to build up my virtual training as many people that are coming indoors and feeling comfortable. And I've really been open almost the entire time. Um, you know, the virtual thing is great. And even my, my mom trained with me religiously, my mom and my aunt and a couple other people, I have people that just like, I like the virtual, even though I'm in town and I do feel comfortable. It's not that I don't feel safe and I'm scared of, you know, whatever's going on in the world, but I like being home. I have my weights there. I come right downstairs and I do it. So in a way, this past year and a half has brought some beauty to uh, myself and the world. It was very scary at first, but right away people were like, hey, can you do virtual? I mean, at the first week, I think it took a few days where I think we all kind of dipped down and like this, like, what is happening? And then I had all these people reaching out, like, I don't want to stop training. I feel so good. And so I quickly transitioned to virtual and I had 50 people at some points on the training. Um, you know, I had to modify how we did things, but, and so now that's turned into at any given time, I might have eight indoors while five people are training virtually. And then the next one might be four indoors and seven online. So it's, it's really just different. The people that are virtual are to me are considered like another one-on-one. So I'm telling them, Hey, if you have this weight, you can do this. Here's an alternative. You don't have weights. If you don't have a TRX, here's an, so they're getting multiple options to, to be able to train with us. I love the, the example here that even though some doors close, literally a lot of businesses had to close their doors, um, other doors open and it creates an opportunity just like, you know, for us traveling because of what's happened in the last year and a half, some of Tyler's clients have either gone full-time virtual or everyone in general is just more familiar and more accepting of it. And it's allowed Tyler to feel like he can go on the road and still run his business. But anyway, there was a few things that you said that I feel like it's a good opportunity to make the transition. I wanted to zoom us back to March, 2020 and get inside Shauna's head a little bit, and then have you kind of take us from there to how we get in Shauna's head from March, 2020 to today and, um, whatever you're willing to share. And then we may probe with some specific questions after that, but before we do get into that aspect. I thought it would be nice to put a little disclaimer in for all the listeners in, in terms of how I feel. And I think Tyler feels similarly, and I would think Shauna would feel similarly as well. There's a baseline respect for everyone's opinions, everyone's choices. And 
in order for us to move forward in humanity, we have to have this, I think we have to have this baseline respect for other people's choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing to disclaim is that where we may go in this conversation could be very triggering for some people. Um, there's going to be maybe some information that people have not been exposed to or have not considered. And what I ask of the listeners is to move forward in the conversation um, in this episode with an open heart and an open mind and allow yourself the space to listen and, and just to be open and just to consider. You don't have to agree. You don't have to take what we say and run away with it and, and change your whole life. There's no, there's no pressure to, to do anything like that. But um, this is an opportunity for all of us as listeners to, to practice being open-minded to potentially a different perspective. Um, so I thought it'd be nice. It, Shauna, do you want to add anything to that disclaimer before you take us to March 2020? I think that's perfect. The only thing that kept coming up for me is like, man, I hope your podcast doesn't get taken down if we start saying certain things. I don't know what Spotify does. And so, you know, if you feel like you need to speak in code, that's fine. I have no idea what Spotify does, but I'm excited to have this conversation because I know of all of our friends, you're, you're kind of you're deep in uh, a world of knowledge that a lot of people haven't um, been exposed to. And I feel like you're willing to share that. And I'm excited to create a space where we can all um, educate ourselves on the full spectrum. Because what I was saying to Tyler earlier this morning is how can anyone be sure of where they stand if they haven't been, if they haven't been exposed to the spectrum of information. So, so I'm excited. Yeah, cool. And I like that because I think that it, one of the things that does trigger people right away is the unknown is that like, that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't make any sense because they've never heard the opposite side of what they might believe. And as you guys know, I think with journeys of wisdom and, and what I've forgetting this whole past year over the past few years, my biggest thing to all of my clients has always been to question everything, question your belief system, question what you've been told, question what you've been taught. I mean, even to go back into fitness and health. I mean, most people come to us with that thought process of the old FDA triangle for food. So they think they have to eat 12 servings of wheat. And, and, you know, we know, because I know you guys are in the same circle of studies that, that that's not true. So even when I would watch people trying to break down that belief system, that's, it's very difficult. And that's such a small thing. So you, you go to a big thing and, and some people just want to put their hands up and say, no, I don't want to look at that. I want to go where I'm comfortable and, and feel safe because that's what I've known. And, and that's okay. I mean, really, um, I, I offer whatever I say is just going to be out there for consideration and people to do with what they want. Um, I wouldn't also invite them to not get mad and maybe just, you know, explore it for themselves. And if they explore it and find out that that's not something that they want to believe in or that they do believe in, then that's cool too. You know, I mean, I, I'm open and I try and look at every perspective perspective that's out there and every piece of research that I can dive into and then to do what I can with it based on what I already know and have studied. So, so do we dive in March, let's, 2020, let's take us, take us way back, way back when to the beautiful days, uh, March 1st, where the world was just an, a normal place. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I'll say that we were all together in February at this, you know, we all rented, there was what, 10 or 12 of us, I think, that rented a beautiful home in Oceanside, California. My son came with me. My son and I had this awesome trip, which I am grateful that we did. Um, he's 
now 22. So he was 20 at the time or just turned yeah, 20 at the time. Um, and I took him, we went there and he came to Journeys of Wisdom. And then we went to Arizona and then he went off to the jungles of Costa Rica with my brother. And by the time they landed in Florida, the world had changed. Like it was like this crazy, like we, we went, it was gone, I think one month and I wouldn't even know if he was going to get back from Florida. So that's how crazy, as we all know, that time was, you know, we were, we had a blast. We're all hugging each other and all together, like less than a month earlier. So fast forward and my son luckily did get home on, on March 9th. And that's when shit really started getting crazy. But um, March 16th in Connecticut was when we were, you know, mandated to shut down. And at the time, I mean, let me just quickly say that I had a, a, some sort of a base knowledge. So this might sound very weird to people again, that don't haven't heard this, but my brother has been warning us about this for 10 years. So he has had a lot of studies and done a lot of research and listened to a lot of people where 10 years ago, he said, the goal of the global elite is to vaccinate the entire world and that, and to depopulate the world because you know, you can't just go around killing people. So, or so they think, but so he had been warning us and giving us, I mean, like very detailed information of exactly what's happening and what has taken place. So I had this in my head. And to be honest, my family and I were like, all right, Ian's going off the deep end, you know, this is 10 years ago. So, and, but we would talk about it often at, you know, family parties when he would come up. So when this happened though, you know, you do, you do have to look at everything. And when, when they were showing the footage, I don't really watch the news, but at that time I did tune in and it's like, okay, this is scary. I did the whole thing. I didn't hug my parents for a while. You know, we were staying safe. I was washing my hands and then, okay, let's like, look at this. What's, what's really going on. And then when you started seeing little things like, okay, it doesn't stick to things that you thought it was going to stick to. And every day was a different piece of information. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of gaslighting here. And I understand that they don't know what's going on, but very quickly it, became apparent to me that um, it was not something that we had to worry about on the scale that they were telling us to worry about it. It still exists. It's out there. We all know that there's a lot more that maybe we'll dive into, but um, so I just said for whoever wants to come into EarthFit, they can come into EarthFit. And we started training outdoors first. And then I moved indoors, I think in June when we were allowed to that, you know, uh, maybe even May, but, um, and, and then I just started collecting information and I took, you know, all the memes and things that you guys see me share on Instagram. I started printing out and putting up on my windows because technically I was not supposed to be open and having these people, but if, you know, nine people want to come in training and they're comfortable, then why shouldn't I be allowed to do this? And we weren't seeing the cases in new Fairfield. Um, you know, it had subsided at that point. So, um, so, yeah. And then as time went on, as I think some people are starting to wake up to, you just saw the, uh, you know, flip flopping of all of these different things, you know, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, the disease comes out here. But for me, I think the most eye opening thing and the biggest changer was when you started to see the comorbidities that of the people that were passing away, not that that's not a horrible thing, but that the survival rate was like 99.9% on average. And I'm going, so we're shutting down a whole world. We're taking people's small businesses. We're making moms, parents go crazy who are working from home and having to house, you know, school their children from home on four different 
videos and all these things, which I saw the mental, emotional um, toll it was taking on so many people, my clients included, even the people that were coming out, like you just see everybody stressed. And I'm like, there's nothing to fear, you know? So I just kept sharing, hey, here are some things that you can do to keep yourself as healthy as possible. And the most important thing for me, which I know goes against everything is be around people, socialize, have fun, you know, hug your friends, hug your family. If you are not sick, and this might, again, trigger, if you are healthy, they now know that there is no asymptomatic spread. So if you are healthy, enjoy life. And once I started sharing that, the people, you know, I had 140 clients when this first started, but about 40 to 50 were like, yeah, you're right. So I, I just worked with the people who felt comfortable. And I would say to anybody, here's what we're doing. You're welcome to come indoor, outdoor, or virtual. And so some people have tagged along, but um, that's the beginning part of the story. Where I am now, I guess. Is, <laughs> Let's all just laugh for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, God, I don't even know where, where, where we are now. It's, it's such a, a hard thing because they, they, by they, you know, some people can say who they are. Some people don't know. I don't think anybody of us know, but they've divided. And I guess for me right now, in this moment, I'll say the government and the media have divided the population in a way that to me scares me. I mean, it's, it's really a scary world. And, you know, to go back to me, me being a history major, I studied for four years. I was so passionate. I had 5 million history books, but one of my biggest passions was World War II and the Holocaust. And as sad as it is, it was fascinating to me. I never understood. It, it, it boggled my mind, no matter how many books I read. And there's some really interesting books that I read about men transitioning and how do you get a 17 year old boy to go from, you know, being scared to being shooting, shooting people, you know, and 500 a day at that. Um, so it was just always fascinating to me. And so in a way, and I know some people get triggered how can you compare that to this, the same propaganda is being used. So the same division that was used back then is being used now. And whether anything is true or not, the division is there and I'm seeing and experienced families divided, including my own that think differently. And, you know, if you think differently, I've been just pushed away. I've been called all sorts of names by, by cousins um, for sharing some of the things that, that I share um, racist, transphobic, homophobic, uh, you name it um, killer. I'm a murderer, you know, all these things. So I've heard of husbands and wives breaking up through this for having different uh, belief systems. So it's, it's incredible the divide on, on every level. But if you look at what's happening now, the masks and the vaccines, I mean, either you believe in it or you don't. And if you don't, and you, the other person's doing something else, you're, you're hated. And so that's been really interesting to witness and I won't get too much into it, but, but there is a history that shows that our government did hire the the Nazi men who got them to do this, the propaganda artists in Germany, and they hired them to come to our country and teach them how to do this in our own country. So this has been long in the works. We're talking, you know, 60, 70 years that they've been working on this plan potentially as a consideration. Do your own research. Here's uh, so many. Thank you for sharing all of that, by the way. 
to vulnerably share kind of your personal experience in the last year and a half and to give kind of some glimpses of your truth, which is, um, I think, really uh, powerful and really brave, I think, for you to uh, kind of stand up and and vocalize what you feel is true at the expense of maybe some of the relationships with your family members. Um, you said so much that I want to go off of. Um, what I'll say, my general baseline opinion, because I, I don't, I don't know a lot. I don't spend a lot of time reading these deep articles. I just go with my intuition and I leave it there. And, and this is how I feel. Uh, I don't trust the government. (laughs) I I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I, um, I wouldn't put it past them. You know, that's how I'll say it. And so I, I'm open to all of these possibilities. I, I don't know what the truth is. I don't know if I can ever really know what the truth is, um, but I wouldn't put it past them. Do you want to say anything in reflection to what Sean is? Yeah, I mean, what you said earlier about question everything is really important to me and it always has been. I remember as a child, I would always ask why, you know, mm. why, why is this or why is that? And through conditioning parents get annoyed of this right so the the thing that parents do is like just because I say so Mm -hmm. it is because I say or it just is and this is exactly what the government does as well I just say this and not just governments it's it's whatever whatever power be uh whether it be in corporate world or whatever it just is and you're not allowed to question uh this is just not how I live and that's what I value so much in you it's not like you're saying, believe what I believe in. You're saying, and what I'm saying is question things to see what's right for you mm-hmm. because you know what's right for you if you allow yourself to trust yourself. Unfortunately, people want to be, un- I mean, honestly, I think people are unconsciously wanting to be controlled. Like they, mm-hmm. they want to just be guided Um and they want to trust that the government is actually caring for us. And I'm not saying that the government is deliberately not caring for us. I don't know that. But um, I'm going to say that I know what's right for me. <laughs> that's all. That's what I'm going to say. Well, actually, to if we can elaborate, Tyler and I have had some interesting conversations reflecting on other conversations we've had about like faith and trust. And I think that it's a, a foundation of of human beings to want to have faith in something. Otherwise, we feel lost and we feel out of control and we go down this spiral of what's it all for? So mm-hmm. um everyone tends to have a faith in something. Even if you have a faith that, even if you're an atheist, you have a certain kind of faith in that truth. And so we all have faith in something. And in this particular scenario, there are a lot of people that are just kind of choosing to have faith that the government and, you know, these um, these systems and organizations that are kind of saying what to do and what not to do, that, that they have our best interest in mind. Because if they don't, what can we believe in? What do we do? We spiral and we feel out of control and we feel lost and there's nothing to hold on to. So it's a very uh, foundational aspect of, of the human race. Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand how that would be really scary for people that trust in 
what is supposed to be a system that takes care of us. And then to be confronted with the thought that this whole thing supporting our society is not necessarily always taking our, our best interests in mind is, you know, that's a scary thought. I, I get that. So here's another thing for you, Shauna. Um, let's talk about um, how content is, is hidden. So first off, off the bat, like, you know, you, it's pretty amazing every day you've got some shit on your stories that you're like sharing and you're spreading the word. You're saying, Hey, like, Hey, here's something else. Like if you want, if you want to learn about something different, here's, here's your, you know, your access point. So I think that's great. And I think a lot of people are so blown away because they don't have people in their life that are doing that. So like some of this information is going to just like blow people's minds because they're not exposed to it. But anyways, because you've shared this content so regularly, you've actually been censored on um, social media. And I'll just say really quick for anyone who wants to um, have a little bit more control over the censorship on their social media, you can go to the top three dots in the top right corner on Instagram. I wrote this down. Where did I write it down? Um, Oh, no, I didn't write it down. It's in my phone. And I thought, oh, I'll just quickly, I want to say real quick for everyone, because, you know, you've experienced this where we've kind of had to do this, even just to be able to see your information. Um, Here we go. I have it right here. So you go to the three lines in the top right, and then you go to settings, you go to privacy, and then you click on hidden words. And from there, you can control the content censorship um, on your social media. So with all that being said, um, I want to talk about censorship with you. And what, as an example, something you had brought up was it's on the tip of my tongue. It's leaving me. Um, oh, how uh, how people how we found out that it, this asymptomatic thing is not true. Like, but there are still people that believe that that's the case. So well, because we haven't shared the opposite on the on the news, which is where most people are getting their information from, sadly, uh, which I think is exactly the reason that we're in the predicament that we're in. And, and, and most people don't know that there's an alternative to finding that uh, information elsewhere. And, you know, for me, I just want to kind of go not to cut you off, Ashley, but feed off two things that you said that I think are really important in this conversation is, you know, Tyler brought up questioning everything. For me, even if I, I haven't watched news in forever. Once I was a history major and I was watching it all the time and I had to know every detail and I was going crazy and I was worried all the time. And I made a decision about 10, 12 years ago to get rid of TV completely. And it changed my life. Like, you know, you have all this time and you're not listening to the vision that they're telling you. Don't forget, that's why they call it television. So, (laughs) you know, I know that most people don't know that there's alternatives because where else are you going to get this? But for me, even if I watch the news, like I I'm so curious that I'd be like, well, I need to find out if that's true. Well, I need to find out if that's true. So to blindly believe for me boggles my mind, because if I hear something, I never take it as truth. I I have to explore it for myself. I have to even see it and, and, you know, get all the details. And I, I realize not everybody's like that, but you know, we can benefit from, from other people's curiosity because I've learned so much from other people's curiosity. And the other thing I want to touch, touch on that you said, Ashley, is that you follow your intuition. For me, let's say I knew none of this and I haven't been doing research for years on this and haven't heard stories and, and people directly from the CIA and all these whistleblowers, even if I had none of that, intuitively, something is wrong to me. There is something that is not right. 
Um, I've heard this from so many people. It's like, wait, they're doing what? I mean, how many times have you heard people saying like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, like the whole restaurant thing comes to mind when I say that, but there's a million times me and my family are like sitting there like that makes no sense. So you can wear your mask in a restaurant and then sit down and take your mask off, still be surrounded by people. Now look at our children. They're in a classroom six feet apart and they still have to wear a mask. And there's a meme that goes around that says like, why can't we just identify their desks as restaurant tables and then they can take their masks off? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank well, you like, for that. So much that makes no sense out there um, that intuitively, I don't want to say this in a mean way. I was almost going to say if you, if you have a brain, I, I guess it's like you just kind of go like that doesn't seem right. And so I'm I'm dumbfounded and I have some philosophies that maybe I'll share, but I'm just dumbfounded by blindly following what both the government and the media, and we know who the media is owned by, you know, they're a corporation, they make money, mostly about 70% or more from the pharmaceutical companies. So we know who's pushing the agenda. Um, Just pay attention to the commercials when you're watching news. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, and, And it's just mind blowing to me. So it's like, I don't know, I would just invite everybody who, you know, would just be coming around to this. And I would say I've seen more people waking up more recently to all this kind of going like, all right, I was on board at first. I was like, yeah, let's flatten the curve. Yeah, let's wear a mask. Yeah, you know, we should all get vaccinated. And now they're like, all right, this is enough is enough. You know, you're watching Penn State football games and all these football games, mask people. And then they're still telling kids that they have to wear a mask and that we can't do things and that everyone needs to be vaccinated. Well, something's not matching up. You know, it's like, critical thinking. I remember at the beginning of this when I really had haters on Facebook because I was sharing stuff. Um, (laughs) I remember saying like, because there was people in my grade even, like what happened to critical thinking? Like, is, is anybody not saying like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Can I ask a question? But no, 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 you can't ask questions. Like no one was asking questions. And then even if you had a question, it was not allowed to even ask it, even on Facebook, you know, you get blocked for so many different things and there's so much good information out there, but how do you share it now if they're censoring it? And there has never in the history of time been a time when they censored information that it was done out of good ever, 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 ever in the history of time. So that's what people need to really wake up to. Why are they censoring? We are a free country. And if you have you know, this amazing video that you want to share that offers an alternative to healing and health and, and medicine, by the way, that, that we know that there are cures. Why do they not want to see us? Why do they not want to see it? As a matter of fact, I have an amazing article I get sent today because people share a bunch of things. And uh, in Australia, they, they flat out said like, they're not even hiding it anymore, that we can't let ivermectin be on the shelves at all, because then it won't allow us to push our vaccine agenda anymore. Like they're just saying it out loud now. Now they're not even hiding it, you know? So wow, it's, it's pretty crazy. So they'll take information that they need us and really need us to see. And then they'll censor information that they don't want us to see because it gives us a way to get out of the situation we're in. And that's scary. That's scary, scary, scary shit. Um, so I have a question about intuition for you. One, mm-hmm. what is intuition? Two, how do we use it? <laughs> wow. Because right. I think that in, in, well, I'll just say like, um, 
this is coming back to the trust in ourselves, what feels right for us. So, you know, for those that don't really understand what that means, I just thought you might have a perspective to offer. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. I guess that that question just sparked, you know, to go against some of what I said about using your intuition, because you're right. I think that most of, I don't want to say most, a lot of people in society don't trust themselves. And I think that that's really sad. It, you know, um, I think they've lost the ability to kind of feed off what you said before, Tyler, because we, we have been a society that's like, do what your parents tell you, do what your teacher tell, listen to the coach, do that. No, no, they said so, you know, do it. And so I think we've breeded a bunch of people that do that, which leads to manners and people getting along and all sorts of things, but it has its place to say, wait a minute, I, I don't, I don't trust you on that. Or I'd like to ask you a question on that without people getting offended. So anyway, for me, intuition is the soul connection to source, which sounds like a little woo woo, but it's, I do believe that our brain hinders the ability to be able to reach into what's right for us because our ego does play a, sometimes a opposing role for what we need or want or feel in life. So I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, sometimes people can use their intuition at a time like this, but some people can't because I know for me, many years ago when I was sick, I didn't know how to do that. You know, I, it was just like, you know, that gut feeling, but you ignore it. Your, your brain like, no, 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 that's not right. And I look back on many things in my life where I know my intuition was speaking, something is wrong, listen to your body. And then it's like, my brain is like, no, no, it's fine. You know, and I did that in relationships and all sorts of things. So for me, intuition is the ability to be quiet enough in your brain to feel exactly what is right for you, which might be different for every person in that moment. And really, I think it does come down to the ability to be able to be quiet and self, which I think many human beings have a very difficult time with. So, um, and then I forget you had a second part of your question, but I can't remember it. How do we use it? How, oh, do, we, how, do, how do we find that for ourselves? Okay. So it kind of feeds off of that. So in my experience of working with clients over the years, um, you know, people are so busy wanting to busy their mind, whether that's, you know, going to work 80 hours a week and some people get wrapped up in their work, watching TV, binging out on programs, you know, running a marathon, riding a bike, diving into books, whatever it is, uh, you know, drinking and drugging. It's, it's, it's the ability, it's providing disassociation so that the body doesn't have to be in peace and quiet. And many people are afraid to go there because in that peace and quiet inside yourself, a lot of shit comes up as I know you guys are aware of, and we've talked because you guys have done some deep dives in, in your own time, but um, it's really, it's really uncomfortable. And, you know, I look, I've worked with so many, I'll say mostly women that I ask them to do when we're doing transformational work, like I want you to do mirror talk. Like I want you to go into the mirror and whatever negative thought that you typically have, or even if you have in that moment, like, oh, my hair sucks or my eyes are too small, or, you know, I wish my cheekbones, whatever it is, I'm too fat, this and that. I want you to say the opposite and tell yourself, I love you and look into your eyes. I, I can't do that. 
they can't do that. Even in the studio when we're training, which I use the mirror all the time for them to look at their movement patterns. I'm like, you know, look in, look into your eyes as you're going down a squat. I want you to follow your eyes. And they're like this up, down, up, over, over out. They can't look at themselves in the eyes. So if you can't even dive into yourself, how can you have intuition? Because you're scared of yourself. And so that was really revealing to me over the past few years at the same time that I was also doing my own work. And so for me, it was kind of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be scared of myself. I don't want to be scared of the uncomfortability that might come up in that peace and quiet. And then once you get to the other side of being able to sit in that and go through the dark moments and go through uncomfortability, for me, that's where being able to be intuitive came about because I wasn't able to busy my mind. You know, uh, you know, I was able to say, kind of sit quiet. Hmm. This is what I need to do. And all of a sudden it, it would come to you, you know, whereas it, it you're like, going back and forth between decisions all the time. So I guess that's my best answer, which may, may not be the best explanation, but it's a hard intuition is a really hard thing to explain. I I find, you know, no matter how many times I've heard it defined from John and Paul check and, you know, every person that I've studied with, it's like, yeah, how do you describe it? Because it's different for everybody. Some people might get a buzzing in their ears. Some people might get like, I get my stomach. I can feel it right in my gut, like something And now if I ever feel that feeling, whereas I didn't know that before, it's like, sit, be quiet, find out what is going on, what is uncomfortable, what is exciting, what you need to say to somebody, you know, uh, do you need to have a conversation that you don't want to have? That's big for me because I get uncomfortable Mm. with situations. The minute I say I don't want to do something, whether it's an activity or talking to person, whatever, I do it right. I try and do it right away. Well, you know what, Tyler, I'm really glad that you asked this question about intuition because, and that Shauna, I think your answer was beautiful. Um, and I think that it's a great question to ask because I think it gives people, the listeners, a tool, a tool to, to develop, to be aware of, to work on, to grow, especially, um, a tool that could be useful in, you know, having that open heart and listening to kind of parts of this conversation. And it's, it's, I think having intuition is foundational and and speaking of the word foundational, I want to, I have a question I do want to ask you. I'm, and it, it circles around this idea of allow yourself to be curious, allow yourself to be open-minded, trust your intuition to something suddenly not feel right. Or just sort of these funny questions about like this restaurant business thing, like where they say yes. And then they say, no, and we can do this. And that. I mean, it's confusing. So when things are confusing, kind of allow yourself maybe to be curious and to question. So in that context, in your opinion, from what you understand now, this question, it gets, a, it's, it's uh, prompting you to potentially get a little bit more specific. Um, mm-hmm. If you are feel comfortable to, from what you understand, what do you feel is the foundational layers that they are building to create a story which instills fear and perpetuates this their idea of truth that you know we should all get vaccinated as an example so what do you think is like the the foundational layers that they're that they're building on that's a good deep question where do i begin um <laughs> The first thing that comes up for me always is, as we know, when we have dove, dive into, you know, mental, emotional stuff and childhood stuff, that most human beings 
want to control something, control their life, control their family, control their job, control, control, you know, that can look like very different things. But once you recognize that, I think you can step back and allow people and others around you to have their own experience without controlling. Um, So on a high level, if you take that to just everybody, everybody's day, day to day life, like they want to control their surroundings, people uh, want to control others. So what I see right now is, you know, power perpetuates the need for power and the want for power and the desire for power. And so I see in my experience of researching all these years, that there are a a group of people that have been in control actually for quite some time, um, but they've passed it down through through other people that want to control the entire world. There are some people that believe that we have too much of a population on this earth and they think that in order for the earth and people to survive and they want their certain people to survive that we have to to, to depopulate the earth. And how can we do that? Um, Well, we have to create a problem and then create the solution. It's classic, create the problem, create the solution, and you get the people to beg for the solution and then require the solution for everybody. So in your classic look at how that has always been presented by governments, it's working beautifully. Like this entire time for 18 months, I just kept saying like, I mean, I knew the plan, but I didn't think people would just like move so quick. I didn't think that people would just do what they say, you know, like even the mask thing. And I know people get triggered by this, but I never wore a mask. You know, I, I did my research. It wasn't like, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm an asshole. I'm just going to walk in the store and spread my germs. You know, I had done, I have hundreds of studies and I keep a binder and I keep a, a file on my, um, desktop hundreds. And, you know, so I was like, I'm not endangering anybody. I'm healthy. I don't personally believe in wearing a mask unless I had an illness or we knew that the virus didn't, that, that it did spread through the mask. So I just never wore a mask, but it would boggle my mind to just pee, pee, oh, well, the store told me I must wear a mask. So for example, and I don't want to blow myself up too much here, but we haven't worn a mask this entire time. I've been running open this entire time without a mask. Uh, and what's interesting to me, no judgment, is those same people that will come in my small room not wearing a mask and feeling comfortable and tell me like this is BS, I watch them go to the store and put their mask on. Why? Because they are afraid of people's opinions. They are afraid to be confronted. They are afraid to get yelled at. They want to do what's right. And I've had many people, oh, I know, I just don't want to create controversy. I don't want to be that person. So I'll just put it on and make my life easier. But in that, with everybody making it easier, we are in the predicament that we are in. So I kind of went on a, a side course there, but um, so I, I think that there are a group of people, this is just an opinion based on what I've read that that want to depopulate the earth that, and, and for their own belief systems, maybe they're right, maybe they're not. I don't know that the, the earth won't survive with this many people that we can't provide for them and this and that. Um, and then they found this method for doing this. I don't know how deep I want to get, but, you know, in a lot of things that I've read, and I'd be happy to share some of the resources of where I get some of this information so people can do their own research um, because it's been many of, much of it has been banned. You can't get it anywhere, but um, 
these vaccines are causing a lot of problems, a lot of health problems. I think we're at over 700,000 adverse reactions and deaths at this point. We're almost at 14,000 deaths. Now those are known deaths. Harvard has done research that says only 1% are actually reported to the VAERS system. And I've been watching a lot of stuff just this week in, uh, about nurses saying, we're not reporting it, even though we know that these are vaccine injuries, we're not reporting it. So if you look at 14,000 known that the CDC says, and that's only 1%, yeah, you do the math. And then, and 700,000 adverse reactions, uh, death is terrible, but you have people that have tremors for the rest of their life, that have guillain for the rest of their life, that have, you know, uh, they can't walk, they can't breathe properly, lung capacity going down, autoimmune issues, cancers are coming up like this right away. So what they've never done this research. All the animals died in this study. They, they have, this has never been brought. We are the guinea pigs. When people say that people get triggered, but we are the guinea pigs. When they did the animal studies, they've been trying to work on a coronavirus vaccine for 20 years. It never worked. It never worked. They did it on the animals and every animal died when they were introduced to that virus in the wild. It's called ADE. You can look it up. I forget what that stands for, but what this vaccine in my experience is doing is it's supposed to lessen the symptoms. So it doesn't even stop transmission, which I think is the biggest misnomer that we can see out there is it does not stop transmission of the virus. That is not the definition of a vaccine. So if it doesn't stop transmission, but it lessens the symptoms, people will say, oh, but then you don't die if you go into the hospital. Mm, not what I'm seeing. And as a matter of fact, many of the hospitals are seeing somewhere of 70 to 100% that get admitted are vaccinated. But if you're not, you're not considered fully vaccinated within two weeks so they can get away with it because you're not fully vaccinated. So they call them unvaccinated. So how to lie with statistics, Bill Gates promoted. You can literally, when, when you study propaganda and you study how to lie with statistics, you can just like, you just look at it and go like, yeah, no, that's not true. You know, and you can start seeing it for what it is. So, and on and on and on. So I think the vaccines are causing a lot more health problems than they'll ever admit to, you know, and they're not going to hear this stuff on the news, unfortunately, but um, the highwire.com is, I'll just throw that out there before I forget the highwire.com best resource out there. You can watch it live every week on this coast, it's 2 p.m. Thursdays. And then you can go back and watch every video and they have virologists, epidemiologists, scientists, doctors, nurses, you name it. The, the, the guy that created the mRNA that says like, no, you should not be doing this. The guy that created the PCR test, Gary Mullis, he's dead. Who knows how he died? But anyway, he said the PCR test should never, ever, ever be used for specifically a pandemic ever. And they're, I won't get too in the details, but they're, they're cycling it up to 47 cycles when they would do the PCR test, which can bring out anything. So literally, even if you don't have COVID, it's, it, it has high potential for coming back as a high positive, as a false positive, because you can find anything in your body. We're made of viruses. We have thousands of viruses in our body. So even if you had SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it's still in your system. So it might come out positive. So I don't know where I went just there. I get off on tangents, but you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's so, it's so 
frustrating for me. Again, I, I'm, I try, I have to step out of my control to say like, wake up people like, you know, in their own time and, and maybe never, and that's okay. But when you see the opposite being touted on, on big screens and in your own local paper and, and you're seeing the complete opposite that's not being shared and it's being censored and they're actually not letting people see it. You just want to pull your hair out because you're like, no, no, no. You know, I've thought about standing up outside my local store and handing out pamphlets like, hey, not trying to start anything, but just so you know, there are alternatives. People are living in fear. And that's that's what I don't like is we should not be living in fear of this virus. We have a 99.9% survival rate. I'll just throw out two other things. 78% of people that died were obese. So we know that if we keep our health in order, that, that you're going to be much better off. And 6% only died of COVID, all other 94% had at least one comorbidity, most multiple. And the other one was 96% were vitamin D deficient. So boom, even if you know nothing else, you keep your vitamin D levels, you eat well, you start losing weight and you, you try and get yourself off medications through healthy lifestyle, then you have nothing to fear. It seems like it makes so much sense, Shauna. Like <laughs> there's no money in sunlight. Okay. So what? we can't well, not do that. Yet. Not yet, but they can find a way. Oh, they'll, they'll find a way to pet. So I'll just throw one other thing just because it just came to me the other day. And there's, I'm going to send you guys a song on Spotify. I have a few really good songs that there's a lot of artists playing, saying these things and awesome music, by the way. So I'll send you my playlist. But um, it reminded me because it's in one of the songs. So here's something interesting. The virus is patented. Okay. It literally has a patent on it. You're, it is illegal to patent something that is in nature. So which one is it? So is, are we, is it illegal because we patented something from nature or was it created by man? Well, that leaves one option. so just to throw that out there and then you know there's the problem so to go back to what we talked about problem solution oh how do we do this you know and they've been trying this i won't go into hiv and aids but there's people that do believe that that was created to see how we could do this in this agenda 2020 now we have agenda 2030 so if all goes into place then by 2030 we're going to be in a very sad uh state of the world not if we have anything to say about it so with actually on that note shauna i would imagine that if the listeners are still listening they're still allowing themselves that that beautiful open heart and they've gotten this far they may feel overwhelmed i mean i know i feel overwhelmed like to be perfectly honest there are some days where i'm like i just can't listen i just can't look at what shauna's sharing because it's overwhelming i'll be honest i'm sure a lot of people feel that way and and i believe from what i've learned about from my conversations around just like earth-friendly eco-friendly you know material choices or just lifestyle choices i've i've firsthand had conversations with people that are like, oh yeah, I saw that video was, was about, uh, you know, birds dying because they're full of plastic pieces. I couldn't watch it. So that's Mm -hmm. that moment that I learned that human beings don't want to feel sad. They don't want to feel responsible. They don't want to feel guilty. They don't want to feel shame. And so they avoid educating themselves altogether. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there's one thing. And the other thing is fear. Fear is so strong. I mean, I believe that if you look back at history, that is probably a big reason why Catholicism is so heavily a part of our religious culture today, because it was, they, they drove people with fear to join the Catholic church. 
So fear is a strong motivator and, um, you know, it's, it's not going to serve us to shame or guilt ourselves from being motivated out of fear, but to instead just be aware and curious of how we are making choices for ourselves because we are afraid and just to simply be aware of that. So that's all my context and my background. But in ter- if someone's feeling overwhelmed, if they're feeling afraid, a lot of times, you know, so we're, we're getting exposed to this information. You're, you're, you know, you're sharing kind of another perspective, another kind of um, a slew of research that people may be unaware of. Um, if someone's feeling overwhelmed, I would imagine that a common response is to shut down and now do nothing. Mm-hmm. I always say, allow yourself to be educated and pick any topic in the world. And it's overwhelming. If you allow yourself to be overwhelmed, you won't even take the first step. So find something you're passionate about and start there. So in your opinion, if someone's interested in like, what, what can I do? What can I do about this? We're, I'm so small. This is, um, I, it's, it's such a big global thing. And I'm just one little person. So what do I do? So what would you say is the first step? And then I don't want to con- you know, confuse your, your thoughts here. But for me, I've seen you know, some of what you've shared with like other countries, like these huge, huge protests where people are showing up in swarms to protest mandates and um, everything going on in other countries. And I don't feel like I've seen that in the US. And if it is happening, they're definitely not sharing it on, um, on the media. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, just one thought, like protest. I've seen other places and I haven't seen it here. Yeah. So a few things that came up for me, I just want to touch too on you saying like, it is overwhelming and it's too much. And I have, I I totally agree. As a matter of fact, you guys know, Adam, for everybody, anybody listening, that's, that's my boyfriend. And we're very passionate together about all this stuff and learning it and studying it. Um, but we've both gone through things where, where we're like, dude, not today. I can't, I can't, it's too much. Like I, and it's, it brings you, when you really look at what's happening and you are aware that the agenda is working, it, 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 it's sad, you know? So like you wake up on a day and you're like, oh no, everything's going to go back to normal. I feel like people are waking up. And then like you hear or see something and you're like, oh my God. So there's been times where both of us on one side or the other have gone like, I can't talk about this today, you know, and we've had to let, so there is overwhelm that comes with it. So if you know nothing, I can only imagine, and you don't want to look at it. And I like the analogy that you used with, you know, I, I have my own family members, some of them that just go like, oh no, I, I can't look at that. that. That makes me too sad. Well, if we don't look at it, then we're not addressing reality. And if we're not addressing reality, we can't make changes. So, you know, I've been told I'm too extreme that I talk about it too much, but for me, I can't talk about the weather, uh, you know, <laughs> at a time like this. Like, I can't talk about like the best Netflix show. You know, I, I do, I do have to chill out and we do that. And there's times where I just go, I got to watch something like so mind numbing, like give me some stupid reality TV show that I'm not thinking. So you do have to check out, but like when you're out and about, people are just like, so how about those Yankees? You know, I'm like, we have our children masked in schools. Can we talk about that? Like they're literally not getting oxygen. So I, I'm not good at small talk. As you guys know, I say what's on my mind. It sometimes gets me in trouble and that's, I, I'm okay with it. Um, but 
What can people do? One of the biggest things for me that I found when I was vocal at first on Facebook, especially at the very beginning when people were like, what are you talking about? There's a dangerous virus. And I just saw something, you know, is in me posting and getting what I find the most vocal people are the people that are against me, uh, the just crazy mean. In those posts, I would get about double private messages of people afraid to speak out. And even in my own town on certain posts, business owners, thank you for saying what you did. I can't post because I don't want to ruin my business. So there's that divide we talked about again. You know, people are afraid to speak up. And so how can we, people make, make change? Be okay with talking about it. I have tons of my friends that are on the same page with me, but they're like, oh, no, I, you know, I just, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to, you know, politics. I'm like, it's not politics. That's, that's what they've created so that people don't talk about it. They've made it political. It's not political. Yes, our government is involved. We're talking, we're talking freedom. Like we are natural beings. And that's one of the biggest thing that I believe in whether people believe in it, we are born of our own free will. We come out of our mother's womb. No one can create that. So you can't take anything from us. We have our freedoms. Obviously we have to live in a country where there are a set of rules. You can't just go around doing whatever you want. But, you know, I just, um, I just get amazed that people don't want to have the discussion. So I would say that get uncomfortable, get uncomfortable talking about it obviously we've studied how to use language. And so that I think has helped me a lot being kind to people. Like you don't have to be angry and go like, no, I believe this. First of all, my beliefs are my beliefs, but I'm not saying anyone has to believe them, but I can say, Hey, well, what I've, what I've seen is this, do you know anything about that? So it gives them an opportunity to say, no, I didn't know that. So you're not telling them, Hey, you have to believe that, for example, I'll just throw it out there that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and budesonide work. And if you do early treatment in your first two days of getting it, you won't have an issue. If you go to the hospital, you might have an issue and you wait five days. So, and I can, I, I can share a source where people can get that because I have, if I ever get it, which I already got it, but if I get it again, because I think we're going to have a lot of these variants that I have the medication sitting here. So again, there, there takes away some fear for people, but it, again, if they don't believe that it exists, then they're not going to go get it. But anyway, so being kind to one another and staying open-minded in your conversations and just saying like, this doesn't make sense. Do you know why they would do it this way? Or, you know, like, why are we still on lockdown? Why, why do our kids still have to wear masks, you know? But it's turned into that's fuel right away. And, and now we're in a fight, you know? So being able to be okay with asking questions. For me, I created a large community. Um, even if it was virtual through Facebook Messenger, I created a, a page in my local area for freedom fighters and people that just wanted to share things. And I found that I was okay with speaking my mind because there were so many other people that felt this way, but were afraid to speak out. And now they're starting to be okay with speaking out. So find a group that you can talk to, educate yourselves, just learn, stay open when you're reading it and looking at it, you know, Maybe this person sounds crazy when he's sharing it, but let me just tell you, if you have been doing this for 10 years and you knew this was their plan and it's come to fruition, you'd be crazy too. <laughs> you know? So like you're watching these people say these, there's so much out there. It's just hard to find if you don't know where to look for it. Um, anybody that's listening can email me. Uh, I don't know if you'll share that information there and, and, you know, get, 
all my resources. I have literally pages and pages of links that I've just accumulated because when I started seeing it, I'd be like, Oh God, I saw this great video. And he said this, and that matches what this guy said. And she said, and blah, blah, blah. And I go like, I can't keep track of this. So I created a document where I have it all there with a little explanation of, you know, this is what they're talking about here. Ivermectin works, this doctor, blah, blah, blah. So that's been helpful because if somebody asks me for something, I can go back into my library of things and share it. One last question in regards to all this uh, is, I mean, at least in my head at the moment, is like your thoughts on the requirement that's like that we're entering this new phase where you can't go places unless you have a vaccine card. Thoughts thoughts on that? How long is that going to be at play? Can we ever get back to Europe? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to say... Um, Unfortunately, and I don't want to like my, maybe my ego is coming into play, but when Adam and I first met, which is going to be coming up on a year, which is crazy, you know, he, he had these thought processes. He had this like curiosity and question, but he didn't have done, he hadn't done his research. So when we first met in the first night, I'm going, you know, bah, 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 And he's like, all right, this girl has some good points, but she's also crazy, you know? And he's still with me. So I don't know what that says about him, but he has said on numerous occasions, man, everything that you said has come true. And one of the things I said back in March, starting in March last year, I'm never going to be able to travel again. As you guys no, I drove cross country. Another beauty in, the, in COVID is I always want to drive cross country, but I never had because it's like, eh, okay, I'm going to take five days to, to drive instead of flying. So that was beautiful. Adam and I drove out to Sedona. I had wrapped my mind that I'm never going to travel again. One, because I won't wear a mask. And um, two, because I knew that they would start pushing these mandates. So I also knew that the, the stores, you know, would probably require that and that you wouldn't be able to get things. I've stocked up on so much food in case they start implementing it faster than we even thought. You know, I've got survival things and ammunition, everything that you could possibly have just in case. But yeah, it, it's a hard thing because they might cut us off from society if you're not willing to get the vaccine. And I have to be okay with that. I had to wrap my mind around that very early on and just say like, well, I guess my backyard's going to have to become a cool little place. And I bought in Florida, as you guys know, because I think that they're, they have a lot more freedom. Um, and the governor is working to prevent a lot of things that uh, are happening up here in the Northeast anyway. And I think out in California too, and all over really. But so I bought in Florida and I'm renting it now until they decide what I'm doing. But listen, if people don't start stepping up, they're going to do it. One of the beauties, beautiful things that I've seen is that some of these companies that were requiring people to get the shot are now pulling back because 40 to 50% or more are saying, no, we're not getting it. So how can you have 40 to 50% of your population or your, your, you know, employees leave? So you can't. So I've seen a lot of people pulling back. I mean, I think th there's different statistics, but 40 to 70% of our healthcare workers in New York city, do not want to get it. Okay. So you're going to create a healthcare crisis. And then they're going to say, Oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. No kidding. Because you just got rid of 50% of your nurses and doctors, including, including a good friend of mine who can't go to work. And she's trying to figure out how she's going to do it. You know, she's got autoimmune issues. She's had cancer. She cannot get the shot and they don't care. They will not let her go back into the hospital. That's so, so sad. Lose her job. And then our governor has said that if you 
try to collect unemployment for not getting the vaccine. You can't get it. So what is somebody wow. like that? Oh yeah. my gosh, that is so frustrating. You know, I, I hope that it, you know, there's an equal and opposite reaction depending on, like you said, there are some companies maybe pulling back, but there are some that are just like full steam ahead. And, um, mm-hmm. I hope that they're, through this there i'm sure there are businesses people like working on starting up like grocery stores that are um you know mandate free and um and thankfully for the people who can't or won't uh follow these mandates hopefully there will be places that they can go but hello segregation i mean earlier i was thinking in the conversation that when trump was our president there were so many people that were up in arms about how what he was doing or saying was somehow allowing white supremacists to to reign again and you know uh all, all this civil rights stuff was coming up to the surface and people were up in arms about it yeah like yeah there were some people coming out and you know saying their racist shit feeling comfortable to do it but then there were a lot more people saying this isn't okay we're not going back to the 60s you know segregation's not okay all this shit but but all of a sudden when it doesn't fit your personal agenda you don't, you don't have shit to say about about it and so like hello segregation like that this is like the path we're on like you have to go here and you have to go here and all of a sudden there's people that are like okay with that I mean weird it's bizarre like even when I hear it it's like you know it's just bizarre and I think another interesting statistics is, is that about they say 70% of the black population doesn't trust the government they've already been experimenting on them for a long time so if anybody that's well informed and done their history research in the black community is not trusting this. So basically what you're saying again is we got out of that segregation between black and white for after all those years. And in my experience, we've been living beautifully. I know that racism exists, but now you're going to start segregating, not just them, but everybody, but we're like going backwards. It makes zero sense to me, you know? And I, to go back to what you said, I think that, and I'm already seeing it, that these communities are going to start to open up. People are homeschooling one another's kids because they refuse to, I, if I had children now, I would never send them to school. Even if we get past this, I, it would take a long time for me to trust our school system. But, you know, you're going to have stores that, hey, we're, we're not mandating the vaccine. And you know what? Then people have choice. So these communities are starting to pop up. The biggest fearful one for me is Western medicine has its place. As you guys know, I had a major injury. Like I say to myself, I don't want to go to the hospital, but if we need to, are they going to let us in? And people have been um, segregated against. And when they go into the hospital and they're not vaccinated, they completely ignore them. They don't give them their pain meds. You know, they're just being discriminated against all over. And I don't want to say all over in certain stories I've heard. So I'm sure it's not everywhere, but that's my biggest fear is if I stay away from, you know, hospitals and doctors, obviously, until you need to, but if you need to, are you going to be able to get service? Are you going to be able to get help? We we'll see because the propaganda is spiraling so fast that in six months from now, unless people step up and go, absolutely not, we're not doing this. We'll be in worse predicament. So to go back to an old question, and then I know I don't want to keep talking too much, but when you allow, you know, the, I believe this is just an opinion and it, not based on anything, but the masks were implemented to see how far they could go with the next step, which was the vaccine. So now they're doing that. Oh, what's the next step? Okay. Well, they're, they're censoring. You can't post things. You, you have to wear a mask when you go places. Now you have to be vaccinated in order to get food for Christ's sakes. Okay. Well, what's the next thing? As we know in Australia, or maybe we don't know, they're setting up concentration camps. We're going backwards. So if you're unvaccinated, you have to 
potentially stay in these and it's for your health they keep saying in quotes it's everything when you create fear you can tell them that the opposite is true so that you're trying to help them so everybody thinks this is for their health and for the health of the entire world that's a bunch of bs this is all about control and power and doing the next thing and whatever that might be i don't know what potentially is in the works but it's scary I just want to offer one thing for all of us, <laughs> the, the three of us and for the listener. Um, and it speaks to just the sense of overwhelm, as you guys were talking mm -hmm. about earlier. Overwhelm is a nervous system response via the information that you're receiving, right? You receive information. It's hard to hold. It's hard to, to receive. And your body is in a state of, I either need to numb, shut down, or create these uneasy feelings in response to this kind of difficult perception I'm, I'm experiencing. So addressing your nervous system, meaning you, the three of us and the listeners, or, you know, anytime you're out in the world and feeling overwhelmed, just know that there is something that you can do to um, overcome the sense of overwhelm. And, you know, there's a lot of tools in that. I'll just say, take a few deep breaths, try to relax a little bit. That's the easiest, quickest thing you can do just right there in the moment to just kind of ease your sense of overwhelm, because it is important. We, we take in this information and you will feel overwhelmed. I mean, it is hard to, to take, but we need to find ways to still receive it and also take care of our bodies at the same time. So just take, you know, some deep breaths, whatever it is you can to calm your nervous system. And there's a lot of tools and techniques and so on, but I love just that. To, just address the nervous system. I love that. And I, I'd like to just feed off that if I can. Um, most people think that if they heard me for the past five minutes that I've run around angry all the time, you know, and, and really <laughs> I, I take this information and um, I, I, and I've had to work over the years. I think it's with a lot of things that I do. And, and then I can be singing in the kitchen five minutes later. I, I can't, I can only do what I can do and I can only be prepared for what I know and the rest is up to source in the universe. And I do live that way. So I prepare myself, I research, I read, I take in this information. If I do get too overwhelmed, then I'll, I'll stop and, you know, do something mind. I'm go for a walk. Adam and I walk almost every day um, and get out in nature. But yeah, I, I, I am able to compartmentalize and that's really important for people. And the other thing I will say is, yes, I meditate almost every day. I use insight timer so that I can kind of like, yes, I meditated today. I'll lay down in my bed and do nothing with no sound meditation and just, ah, whatever's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. I know that I'm doing what I can do. I, you know, like you said, what can you do? You find people to talk to. Maybe you go to a protest if you feel strongly about it, maybe not but then allow yourself to check out of that and live, you know, you, you get your feet in the grass, you put your face to the sun, go for a hike in nature and for, forget it all. Because if we're not enjoying through this time and shit really hits the fan, we're going to regret it, you know, do what you can do, but enjoy life and love, 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 love. Like we have to live in your love. Just put your heart lie down and tell yourself over and over and over again. I love you. I love you. I love you. We're going to get through this. No matter what happens, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Shauna, the fact that you ended that on love, I had to, I had a big smile because I wrote down on my little note paper, the word love. So you <laughs> picked it up and I wanted, that was kind of the final note I wanted to say before we do have one final question to ask you, but I wanted to talk about love. And I wanted to start by saying like, 
the 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 universe is all like based in energy and to bring back this idea of equal and opposite reaction this is an energy concept and so um and, and also in regards to like what can we do love respond with love and how can we respond to others with love if we cannot know how to love ourselves so mm. it all starts with self if we're trying to figure out what can we do and we're thinking about all the things outside of us, yes, there's a lot you can do. You can go protest, you can ask questions, you can be curious. But the other thing that's really important foundationally is to turn inward and to, to work on ourselves. And, and in this word, love, love ourselves so that we can know what that feels like. So we can give that to others. And so that is, I think the, the baseline of this equal and opposite reaction, this, this energy that's coming at us, that feels very overwhelming to remember, to respond with love. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're, we could go on and on and I'm seeing the time and we have one final question to ask you. Do you want to, do you want to ask? I will ask the question, Shauna. Are you ready? Oh boy! Oh <laughs> you haven't boy. made it. You haven't made it to the end of any of our podcasts, so you probably don't know what this question is. <laughs> oh no! Should have prepared. Uh, we do ask this to everybody, so it's a little repetitive on our side, but I'm sure you'll have just the beautiful answer for yourself, and it'll be unique in its own way. But what is the most influential journey you've ever been on, been up until this point? Hmm most influential journey is it you're talking experience or whatever kind of comes up whatever comes up for you Whew, geez that's a difficult one um uh, right off the bat peru came up for me um my journey to the jungle i went two years in a row so that i think was transformational and just life-changing in every way. Um, but the other one that comes up is the a trip that my son and I took when he was graduating high school. He's allowed to take three weeks off. And that was really special. And I'm, again, glad we did that. So we went to Portugal, Spain, and Tunisia together. Um, and that was just nice to get to know him as an adult. Like he was so busy playing his sports all through high school and just that like, Hey, dinner's ready. You know, kind of like we hadn't really had that connection. And so we had three weeks together, um, and just bonding mother, son, um, darn, this is so hard. I also wanted to throw the, the Sedona trip because driving cross country was really interesting, but I think like if I was to think the most influential, I would have to say, um, Peru traveling Peru and being in the jungle, my, um, experience with ayahuasca the beautiful plant medicine and everything that I learned about myself through going through the darkness of self and then in that darkness learning to love self for every part and piece of you and everything you've been through and I as anybody who's been through one of those journeys I tackled some really dark deep stuff that I had produced a lot of shame and guilt about over my life and somehow was able to transform it into something beautiful and make it so that if I, if this didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be the person. And that's really how I choose to live my life is I had to experience everything and I'm grateful for every hardship. And right now, what it does, is it puts in perspective for me, the ability to in hardship, literally, like I've been on tears, tears, you know, like hysterically crying, laying on the ground going, 
I know there's a reason for this. I don't know what it is, but I think it's going to be pretty big and I'm going to learn a lot from this. So um, I, that's, I guess that's my answer. That's really hard. <laughs> Your answer gets a six. No, I'm just kidding. Your answer is beautiful. And actually it something to note for the listeners. You're not the first person that's mentioned ayahuasca as one of the most influential journeys. And for the listeners and for you, Shauna, now you maybe be more encouraged to get to the very end of the episode so you can hear other people's most influential right, journeys. I know, I, I'm going to. <laughs> I, I just want to mention I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I get distracted and I've listened to almost all your podcasts, but none of them to the end. So. <laughs> and I okay. just want to make one quick note about love of self that you said, Ashley, before that question. And I know you guys got to take off, but that in my experience is probably one of the hardest. I, I can train people all day. I can help them with their diet, but the true transformation happens when people are truly able to love their self and to go back to what I said to mirror talk. And I'll just plug myself here, calm warrior coaching. That's one of the things that I do. And I did separately from earth fit because I found that that's more important. You know, people come to see me for weight loss and fat loss and all that. That's great, but you won't get there consistently and, and forever unless you've done love of self. So for the mirror talk, for example, people can't look at themselves and say, I love you yet. Do it anyway. And just keep doing it every day until it feels right. Or until it feels like, okay, or can I love a piece of myself? You know, so love of self in all of this is huge because it allows you to be okay with really whatever happens and that you're in the perfect spot in this moment in time. I that love was that. a beautiful, beautiful way to finish. Yeah. And, and uh, I appreciate you adding that in. And so if people have heard anything that sparked their interest, they want to follow you, they want to learn more, they want to work with you. Can you give us all the ways that people can find you? Sure. So I guess the best way is earthfitnf.com, which is the earthfit website. I have, um, I'm not a big website person, so there might be some mistakes, but there, that, that is pretty much updated. And then calmwarriorcoaching.com is my mental emotional, just as an FYI, calm stands for um, creating consciousness, uh, authenticity, love, and meaning in your own life and being a warrior for yourself. Mm. Um, so calmwarriorcoaching.com. And then I'm calmwarriorshauna on Instagram. And you can always email me at earthfitnf at gmail.com. I'm happy to share any resource. So if it, anybody was like, Oh, you talked about that, shoot an email my way or contact me on Instagram and I'm happy to share. So thank you for plugging those. And I'll also plug my brother has a back pain relief for life program. It's on my earth Fit site and he has a great, great, great book. We talked a lot about healing, healing hacks. I think his website is healinghacks.net, but either way it's on my earthfitnf.com site. Um, great book. If you want to know uh, natural ways to heal the body and stay away from Western medicine as much as possible. I love it. Thanks for adding Ian's stuff in there too. He's definitely got lots to share and maybe we should actually have Ian on the podcast. That would be fun. Yes. I would love that. He has a lot to offer and Adam would love to be on doing law of one stuff. If you, in the future, he's super passionate about that. So he's like, let him know. I want to get on for law of one. If no one knows what that is, wait till Adam dives into it if you guys have them on the podcast oh we definitely will 100% not a question we'll definitely contact him thank you Shauna so much I I I freaking love you 
you're an amazing you. woman. Thank you so much for sharing your heart today and sharing your truth and being willing to kind of uh, stand up and speak out and and uh, and expose some of what's going on. Really, really Thank appreciate you for allowing it. Me. Thank you for allowing me. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to see you in person and hug you. I know. Sing Disney songs. <laughs> yes, Disney songs. Yes. yes. So that should be our music. outro music for this I know, episode. I, know. <laughs> I can show you the world. <laughs> that's actually, and I like Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's actually, we can find some fitting songs. All right, girl. Thanks. Right. Love you. Bye, guys. Love you. 